but it's all day. The Talk, my credo podcast. Turn this up. Another episode of the Talk My Credo Podcast. I'm your boy Dante here with my fam in the building. Baby K is here. KT is here. Hey, BK, what's going on, girl? How, how, how was your weekend and all that good stuff? Busy, just moving and, you know, trying to hurry that up and then also trying to go on a trip. So it's, it's been a lot, you know. You know what? While I am very happy and excited for you. Um, I also feel sorry for you at the same time because the moving process, I hate it with such a passion. I just hate the, everything about it. Um, picking things up, carrying it here. And plus, you know, the, the super heavy stuff. I'm okay. I, I have, I'm outnumbered right now as far as guys to gals. So I'll try to behave. Actually, I won't. But when it comes to, okay, this couch, this counter, this 500-pound thing, babe, can you? And I'm like, I can't lift it up either. But it's like, all right, but I'm happy for you. And I know it's been uh, very, very, very busy. And wait a minute, you going on a trip? Didn't you just come home from a trip? You know, I got to travel. Come on. You know, okay. I got to get the All traveling right. in. And, and you know, it's bad because I'm traveling. I won't be back in and I have to move out in three days after I get back. So, yeah. We wow. Do. See, yeah, we're doing okay. things. All right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Y'all doing things. Y'all doing things. <laughs> <laughs> KT, girl, what is going on? How you, how you be? You okay. going on, child. Okay. Absolutely I, I understand. I, I, I am uh, doing this little temporary assignment at work, which will have me learning something new and doing something different for a couple months. Okay, uh, that's what's up. So I don't get burned out because I'm about sick of these people, honey. Nah, anyway, I understand. Yeah. I understand. That That's my current position right now. My, my just <laughs> whole current mood with a lot of things is I'm sick of y'all. That's just kind of my <laughs> thing. That's That's <laughs> been mm-hmm. the theme of of Raphael Dante Hargrove uh, for good. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> I'm sick of y'all. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of them. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. All. I'm sick of. It. So now this, this new thing that you're learning, would that also bring new revenue? Like, uh, like pay to the pocket. Mm. No, I'm being used. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> go, go ahead and join Dante sick of y'all club. Because <laughs> we are sick of y'all. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and get up in this thing, man. Because we, we got some stuff to talk about. And there's just one particular topic that, yeah, I'm I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to save my rage for that. But let's get into what we thought happened, but actually turned out didn't happen. 
And I I just don't understand. Well, I do understand. I know what happened. But um, apparently, we thought that the channel BET, Black Entertainment Television, was a done deal. Tyler Perry got this thing. So we was going to see a Medea takeover. And all things Tyler Perry, like, it, it, it was about to be the Tyler Perry channel. They might as well just rename BET to TPC, the Tyler Perry channel. <laughs> so, but Paramount said, wait a minute. Actually, we don't want to sell it anymore. And they rescinded the sale uh, now for journalistic purposes. This sale or competition, so to speak, was between uh, the likes of... Uh, Byron Allen, a, a conglomerate group that featured 50 Cent, uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs, you know, it, also Tyler Perry. They're all bidding for the ownership of uh, BET. But Paramount ultimately contacted them all and said, you know what? I changed my mind. We, we don't want to do this anymore. Uh, their official reason was that basically, uh, in paraphrasing, doing the sale isn't going to help us or hurt us. So it's not really an issue, you know. So there's just no need to do this. Uh, and plus, y'all are lowballing us. And what that goes into is the bidding price that they wanted was $3 billion. Uh, Tyler Perry, uh, who gave the highest bid amongst the group, was $2 billion. And that camp also argued that, well, no, the, the bidding was at $2 billion. And then Paramount said, actually, we want another B. Add another B to that. So from the $2 billion that was anticipated to be the, the price that Tyler Perry buys, BET, Paramount came back and said, actually, add another billion to it. Tyler <laughs> Perry would not add another billion to it. And so Paramount said, well, we're just going to rescind it because honestly, this really won't do anything for us. It won't hurt us or harm, you know, help us or harm us any other way, that type of thing. So, so KT, so we thought this was a done deal. Um, just what are your thoughts about that? Like, is this a good thing, a bad thing? It's not necessarily dope or doo-doo yet, but, you know, what, what do you think about this? White people still uh, owning our stuff. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I mean, white people still owning our stuff and making money off of what we create. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's that's where my sentiments kind of lie, because I feel like if an actual black man, once again, are, are we going to count Bob as like the act? Did he actually own BET or was he like a acting CEO or something like that. Um, I'll look that up a little later. Sure. I'll look that up. Um, but KT, sure. but, but, but KT, um, I, I just wanted to ask you, cause you was like, okay, it seems like I, right, some, some, some white people be like, Hey, we, we can't, we can't let them own something now because they're going to give them too, too much power. Like, what type of changes do you think you would see? Like, if Tyler Perry, if, if it actually went through, like, do you think Tyler Perry would actually uh, use the platform? 
in any way that that will like empower black people maybe show some some different messages or you know this that and the third you know i i don't really know but mm-hmm. i would have liked to see what could have happened fair enough i would fair i would enough. have liked I... to see what could have happened i would have liked to see you know him step up and really tell our stories you know hire new you know, so many of uh, our, so many in our community are really talented. They're talented writers. They're talented actors and actresses. They are, you know, talented producers. That I really feel like he could have used this as an opportunity to really give voice to some that wouldn't normally get to tell their stories and. You know. Understood. Understood. So, Baby K. We we were all, I don't don't know if we were excited or maybe we were just kind of like anxious just to see what was going to happen, kind of like what KT talked about. Um, What are your thoughts? And then my second follow-up question would be like, do do you actually see Paramount who is over, you know, Viacom and all that type of stuff. Oh, and just for the record, Bob Johnson co-founded BET, uh, which he was the co-founder and co-owner of until he sold it to Viacom in 01. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Baby K? And do you think that maybe this deal will actually go through or do you think this deal is dead? What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I was kind of hesitant for Tyler to have it anyway because... I'm really tired, like, the soap opera stuff. Like, he has, like, right now, I, I really thought the cell went through because a lot of his shows are on BT heavy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, see, right. I feel like I haven't seen hardly anything but his shows. And the show's a struggle, so I'm just like, how they still, you know what I mean? How they still going for another season, the sisters? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I'm not even going front. I was just on Bounce, like, yo, Bounce pushing through. Like, I'm really enjoying these series on Bounce. Like, I don't even want to, I don't even tune in to BT no more. I have stuff recorded on bounce. Okay. And then I watch it the next day or whenever, but, um, I don't think the deal is dead. Um, I feel like maybe in the future it might happen again. Um, how far in the future I can't, I can't say, but you know, I'm pretty sure Paramount know what they was doing. It was like, listen, he's not going to throw the, the, uh, that extra billion in there. So, you know, it'll be in our best interest to just hold on to it. You know what I mean? We ain't going to alley-oop it to nobody. So um, I think in the future, like, you know, especially with Tyler Perry, because again, he seems like he has like a really good working, you know, network, not not networking, but a good working uh, relationship with them. Because like I said, all them soap operas to me is doo-doo. I know this not dope and doo-doo, but they doo-doo. And for <laughs> some reason, <laughs> they've been, you know what I mean? Like, so occasionally I'll, I'll waste 10 minutes of my time to watch it, you know, for the, you know, a little bit of ratchet daytime soap opera. But, um, you know, I, you know I, Tyler, Tyler has options. And I know in the future when he, if, if the uh, opportunity presents itself, he going to go for it. I think that too. Um, now I, I don't think the deal is dead. I think, um, I think that this was kind of like a, um, a power play, Test. if you will. Yeah. Just to see, you know, Hey, we're going to play some hardball. Um, kind of like what Portland is doing right now with Damian Lillard with the Miami heat. 
I hate Portland. I I, I will forever <laughs> not like them because they're, they're holding up the plans for my for my Miami Heat to go ahead and get Dame Dollar, who just dropped the album uh, this past weekend. It was it's dope. I I, I like it. I, I, I like it. So it shout out, out to, shout out Dame Dollar. It, it's um he's. I don't want to turn off at this. I don't want to turn this into a tangent, but Dame Dollar, in my opinion, is is the greatest athlete rapper. Um, and I know that's not a a good title, so to speak, but an, a professional athlete who has rapped or you know got into music, uh, he's by far the best. Um, even even with Shaq, even over Shaq, you know, Shaq can rap. Now you didn't say my father because my biological <laughs> didn't bother. <laughs> Y'all better stop saying that. That was KT. KT done busting out with the bars. Okay. Spitting the straight bars. That was KT with the bars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But, you know, uh, I I thought the most entertaining, quote-unquote, rap beef, it wasn't really a beef, but was when Shaq and Damian Lillard was was trading bars. And... um, Shaq did his thing. Shaq was Shaq, and then Dame came back, and um, you know it was a nice little back and forth that they they dropped about two diss songs a piece against each other. It was it was real dope. But I think Dame is is definitely like the the best uh, athlete rapper type of thing. Uh, I read a comment by somebody who was like, "It's it's amazing that he can rap the way he raps while comfortably making fifty million dollars a year." And I was like, "Yeah, but you know." Uh, a guy like Damian Lillard belongs with the Miami Heat, so y'all stop playing Portland. All right, anyway, all right, all that all that to be said. All that to be said. Um, I think this was a power play. I think this was just to see if Tyler Perry can come up that price. Uh, maybe not up to three, maybe two and a half. Let's let's just see, you know, two point five type of thing. Um, because honestly, as Keisha mentioned. Who's watching BET like that? Like who who's who's really watching BET? Um their particular stance again when it was like, well, basically this is not this isn't gonna help us or harm us, you know, as far as you know our, our side goes. So you know, they don't really need to be all involved in these negotiations and sales. Uh, but at the same time, it's like who's really watching it? And this I think when now that people have learned like, oh, y'all haven't sold it and y'all keeping it and this is the reason why y'all keeping it, I don't think it's going to get any better for BET, the channel, because now we know what's going on. And for us, we're like, well, we really weren't checking for BET. We were willing to check it now if Mm -hmm. Tyler Perry owns it. But now y'all done did this. I I really don't care. And I just want to show, even though it was BET and this was Tyler Perry because Tyler Perry he might as well because he has like 13 different shows on BET but I just feel like honestly this is the reason why we won't be watching it <laughs> yeah. why this is why around? because this is why, why are you spinning around and- that's not even his first time doing it like that's that's like not even his first time in the hospital I- or in anywhere and they look so surprised. Like y'all know he do that. Stop back and you know, no, he got on them girly breed panties. Stop it. They get on my nerves. I don't understand. It's like you know, Tyler Perry buys BET, and we going to see stuff like that. So we're like, all right, we good. We're going to support him because it's Tyler Perry. But if not, I mean, 
I don't want to see. I, I don't see stuff like this anyway. No, thank you. <laughs> Tired of it. Oh man! For no, those who you. are are listening and don't know what's really going on, just just go to YouTube when you have some time, and just type in "sisters twirl slap." <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It's a 30-second clip of the most hilarious, quote-unquote, on-screen confrontation you will ever see. Uh, two guys get into it. They talk their trash. One dude slaps the other, and he does the most hilarious twirl <laughs> to the ground. Uh, but that's he so acting his behind off, though. I'm telling Listen, you. Listen, he said, look, I'm going for what I know. <laughs> <laughs> you will well, see this face on TV here. again. Oh, it's not much that he knows because what in the oh, world my. you don't even that's not even really I'm, tapping into any kind of acting chops whatsoever right like, what like, is that who, who what audience is he trying to pull in with that like i don't under, like it's so slapstick. i could have played ridiculous. that part better than him <laughs> and i'm a woman i, I just i could have played yeah. the male role better than him <laughs> and i'm a woman it's awful i'm just saying is everybody acting skills on there is awful. Um, Maurice gets on my nerve every other day. I, I, I don't even know why I waste my time. You know, I think I just want to make myself mad. So I just <laughs> this is why this is why I'm saying we got to get that Tubi movie going, y'all. Like we got to <laughs> get it going. If this is making it Down, to BET, because you know I was I was a writer back in the day. You know what I mean? I used to write. See? I'm down. See, that's all I'm saying. Just, I, I mean, if this makes it on BET, I am certain that I'm, I'm being all professional. I'm being certain, absolutely <laughs> positive. We can at least make it to Tubi. Listen, I, I agree because I don't, somebody done sent me a clip of Tubi where the girl walked into the closet like she was leaving. I was like, nah, I seen the clothes hanging up. I'm not. I seen them hanging up. Like they could at least push the clothes out the way. Like I seen them hanging up. Like I, I saw you... that clip. I saw <laughs> that. She walked. <laughs> she walked into the closet as if she was walking out the door to the house. Mm. Like, oh, I see the clothes. <laughs> like y'all could have just pushed the clothes over like lazy. Like y'all. They didn't even give a damn anymore. Yeah. Tuba just like, you know what? I saw that too, but submit it. You know that what I mean? Was, like, what? That was worse than Tyler Perry putting them sheets on the dang on house, acting like, like it's it was snow. snow. <laughs> <laughs> and why did I get married? It's like, wait a minute. Put them sheets on top of the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> the budget. Let me see. The hey. budget was low. Let me stop. Well, his budget's uh, way no budget. higher now, and I don't understand why them wigs still be tore the hell up. This don't make okay. no sense. Oh my god! That you can't hire, and you in Atlanta. You know how many talented beauticians are in Atlanta that could hook your people That's up. That's the problem. That's the what problem. The they need somebody outside of Atlanta because in Atlanta it's like three, five, four, six hundred dollars. That's a lot of money just for the wigs. You know what I'm saying? That's that's more. That's shit. That's probably more than almost the wardrobe. Oh my god! See, I, I look, look. All all I'm saying is this: look, if if we look at a clip like this, if this clip here can make it <laughs> to Tubi, we need to make a Tubi movie right now, like immediately. I don't know if y'all can see this, 
but <laughs> watch this little short here. This is this is from Tubi. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What? Ain't no oh, my God. Where the hell is Oh, my God. Wow. I, I just... They literally, like, poured ketchup on that lady. Like, right. yes. smeared it on yes. her. That makes no sense. <laughs> that was strawberry really. syrup. <laughs> yeah. Listen, oh, I can't. That is funny. I'm a, okay. I'm <laughs> not, uh, what's up? I'm going to start tuning in because this is, I mean, I see him on TikTok and stuff, but I got to start tuning in. Like, I want to have my own moment and laugh. I, I, I haven't <laughs> been on TV yet. Listen, I saw, uh, did y'all see the, the movie Wanted, first of all, with Angelina Jolie, where they would mm-hmm. curve bullets, they would shoot and make bullets, you know, bend mm-hmm. corners and stuff like that. <laughs> there was a Tubi movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even see it. <laughs> No, Jesus, why? That was a toothy movie. Oh, that was this girl and this dude. They was like in the street on the sidewalk. They were shooting at each other. Both of them was hiding behind a tree. And the dude, <laughs> as he was trying to shoot this girl hiding behind another tree, he just got back in cover. He sat there. He took a breath. And then he just shot the gun, and the bullet went around <laughs> and shot the other, and end up shooting the girl in the head. I, I've never seen. I just I gotta take my glasses off at this point. Like, oh my god! No, because I now even. I gotta show you. <laughs> now I gotta show you the clip. <laughs> now I got to show it to you. I'm sorry. Oh God! I'm sorry, Casey. Uh. Listen. <laughs> Let's put them to the side. How about that? You have Let's to understand to what was going on. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hey, T, you have to I see got, this. I was done with Tubi when two movies back to back that I watched had Erica Mena in it. And I was like, no, we are not oh, doing this. Oh, man. We are not doing this. Mm-mm. But Erica Mena is a, a, a really good actress. KT don't look like that. <laughs> don't look at me like that. But okay, if she's a really good actress, then I'm an Oscar winner. Okay. Hey, go get your Oscar. Go go get them all. Egot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Okay, so look. I'm gonna show you the the the, the movie. It's called No Disrespect. Oh, <laughs> you God. haven't heard about it. You can find it <laughs> on Tubi. But this oh. is this is the clip. Oh my god. I'm just not ready. Let's let's go ahead and get this over with. Let's do it. This is the go clip. Ahead and show me. Lord Jesus. Wait a minute. Okay, okay. Here it is. This is from the movie. No disrespect. Now the quality isn't that good, but I want to show y'all what makes it so funny is the bullet doesn't even hit like quote unquote hit her head. It stops like way before, but she still acts like she got hit in the head. Just a little head tilt. 
<laughs> that's it. That's I, all. I it was, was wondering. I said, did she get shot? Watch the bullet. Watch the bullet. I can't see the damn bullet. Put these glasses back on because I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> it got lost somewhere around her. I don't. I don't even see the bullet anymore. I was wondering what happened to the bullet. I don't we... even see it anymore. It wasn't even near her head. Mm-mm. She just did a little we head We need kill. our own what... Tubi movie, guys. That's all I'm saying. Look, I'm saying let's get this bag. That's what I'm saying. Oh man! I'm, uh, listen, if we only, even if we don't get a bag, let's get these followers. I'm with exactly. it. Exactly. You know like exactly. Like the means to an end. Look, I have four. Excuse me, five. Four K camcorders. Like <laughs> I have, I have the lights. I have the equipment. <laughs> just we just set a but, day at a time. We can get a whole movie done in a weekend. I am positive. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yep, I got you. We can get a. We can do Look a whole here. movie in a weekend. <laughs> to be quality in, in a weekend, mm-hmm. we can we can do we that. can do it. So, <laughs> this writer, let's come up with some plots. I got and, you. Uh, I got you. Yes, yes. We we getting this. We getting mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen the movie Blindside? If y'all if y'all recall that movie, it was from like oh nine. Yes. With, yeah. Yes. So, oh my. Oh, okay. So basically, <laughs> the guy comes out and was like, "Uh, that's cap. All of that is cap." Uh, Michael Orr, I believe that's his name. Uh, recently sat down. He has a new book out basically telling his life story and he was asked about the story that we all know about and basically he said well it didn't happen exactly like the movie portrayed you know they said it was based on a true story he's like well that story wasn't exactly true and also simultaneously he's also suing the family that we thought adopted him uh I'm going to read this this little article here, and then we're going to just, just talk about it a little bit. So he says, uh, retired NFL star Michael Orr, whose supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side, petitioned the Tennessee court Monday with allegations that a central element of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. In the 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, alleged that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months after Orr turned 18 in 04, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document making him making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. Now, basically, the 2009 movie The Blind Side made about $300 million. The deal, which was revealed, they got about $250,000, $255,000 up front, and then they would receive royalties based on the movie sales. So the movie made $300 million. Now, the way they set up the deal was that the royalties went to the family and Michael, but it didn't go as simply as that it was alleged and it was revealed that the royalties 
that they received was split five ways. It was split between the husband, wife, and the two biological children, and then Michael. So he got one-fifth of these royalties, and he's like, you know what? That just isn't right. Um, so now he's suing. He's come out, and, and he basically said some, made some comments that everything that, that happened wasn't true. Uh, and now people are like, yo, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. So, uh, baby K we saw the blind side. We saw the story to finally, cause I believe this is the first time we actually heard him speak about his story to come out and say, actually, no, that's not true. Um, what do you think of this? I mean, I'm not even sure what to think about it. Cause my first thought was like, why you waited so long to say something like, if if you knew that this wasn't, you know, the story wasn't correct or it wasn't, you know, based on a true story, why did you wait so long? Now, it, it kind of makes me feel like there's something deeper going on there. You know, maybe they holding on to something that they, you know, he originally was supposed to have that they just spoke about verbally and not on a contract. So um, I was just like, really, and mind you, he's retired now. Like this, you know, when it's this, when I came, oh, this came out of 09. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking somebody would come out like after maybe like, oh, you know, 2010, 14, 15, like so many years done passed. And, and I think the family's still been, you know, going this game to support them and stuff. It's just like, if you have bad blood, you know, or any type of, you know, and I know he has not just them, but other people that he could talk to and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling this kind of way. Like he's a grown man. You know, you 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 should be able to get some type of legal counsel and say, well, listen, let me let's look into this because I don't feel like I'm getting the same amount of money as they're getting or I don't feel like I was treating the same way they were treated. But overall, I'm just happy that he is that he has now found his voice to um speak on it you know now i will say in the parts of the movie where they made him seem a little slow him taking this long to say something kind of made me think like well maybe the story might have not been a hundred percent correct but some parts was correct <laughs> because it took you all this time you're a grown <laughs> man now you retired you know what i mean you're doing your own thing and now you want to come on and say something so you know i'm just glad that he, overall i'm just glad he finally got his voice and is able to articulate how he feels about the situation and hopefully this comes out, you know, you know, his advantage. KT, do you think there's any merit to this? Like, what are your thoughts about this? Um, I think that maybe he just found out late, but that's, that's what was going on that, you know, everything wasn't the way it should be. And that's why maybe he's, he hasn't said anything until until now. And also, there can also be guilt because this family did do a lot for him. They took him in or whatever. And um, when he needed to be taken in, you know, they, they did help him in a lot of ways. So maybe there was some reservation for uh, some reservations about taking it this far because you know, he considers them his family, you know, and he, you, you don't want to necessarily start a war with family members. You know, that's not something that you necessarily want to do, but I don't know. It may be that, you know, he, he's just finding out like, dang, for real y'all all this time, 
and y'all have really been taking advantage of me. I mean, that might be the reason for the not having said anything because maybe he didn't know. The the mm-hmm. little bit of bail that I may shoot to him is the fact that he has been in the NFL, so he has been making mm-hmm. NFL money, and he was in he was drafted in '09. Um, and I think he spent. I'm trying to see how many how many years, but he was in the NFL for for a good bit of. Uh, he had a, a decent career in the NFL. He went to the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers in 2015. Um. So like he he's had a decent you know career in the NFL. So he think well I'm getting NFL money. Maybe it would make sense that he's not paying so much attention to what's happening with the money with you know the Blind Side the family the movie and this that and the third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now or maybe during that time some years later maybe he's like all right let's just go back and take a look at this deal. Cause Oh yeah. I, oh, I'm, they're still conservators uh, of me and my name and my likeness. So now let's kind of look into that's That's the only reason <clears throat> of how this may make sense for me that, you know, I really, it wasn't money that I actually like really needed or depended on. Cause you know, I'm in the NFL, I'm making NFL money. And, but now that, you know, that, that life and that part of my life is behind me. Now let's take a look at some things and, and realize, Oh snap, this is actually what happened. This is that now. Well, nah, now I need to speak on some things. That's just me shooting bail, but mm-hmm. there's still at the same time. I, I still will feel like, um, more of what Keisha was talking about is all right. It, it may not be a hundred percent accurate, but maybe there's, a lot more truth than the lie that is being told, you know, as far as they didn't really adopt me. They just, you know, became my conservators. They, they tricked me type of thing. I was like, well, maybe if they tricked you like that, maybe there's, there's some truth. <laughs> maybe there's some right. truth, you know, <laughs> um, that easy, but he did say in an interview, he was like, he, a big part of that movie that he did not like was the fact that they uh, depicted him as being slow. You know, uh, he was like, uh, they depicted him as they're saving him. Basically that, that they did everything for him. He was like, uh, when I met them, when they took me in, I was already an all American. Uh, When, uh, they took me in. I I could read and write, but now as I walk into these locker rooms, now they think that I can't read the playbook uh, and different things like that. And he's like, that was a big part of um, what, what did he say? Uh, the big, basically a big part that hurt, you know, a big source of his pain throughout the years. Uh, and so finally, mm-hmm. this is his time to kind of you know talk about it and stuff like that. But. You know, mm. all in all, um, maybe there's just a bag in doing all this. Well, he, he did put to... out a book. Get a book mm-hmm. out. Yeah. He just put out a book. Uh, when your back's against the wall, and and he's talking about this. So I I, I also consider maybe this is just a rollout. Yeah. You know, like this is to get the book as popular as as. as possible and i think we're kind of playing into that so if there's any spike because of this michael or you know you can 
uh, shoot a little Make sponsorship. A donation. To talk to, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Make, Make a, a little donation. sponsorship donation to the Talk My Credo podcast. Yep. Pass, Go ahead and pass do that. the collection plate. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Go yes. ahead and put your little donation in, sir. Yes. So mm-hmm. the, the Tuies did respond. They said, oh, they're so devastated in this, that, and the third. Uh, even though they put their own book out in 2010 that basically admitted to all these things, they said they split it five ways. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I, I would just wonder, it's like, well, how does your two biological children get anything from this guy's like I, I, right. I thought that was unfair I, mm-hmm. I really thought like that wasn't right because they had nothing to do with it um but you giving them money that is for him I, I now that I thought uh but in response to this they did give up their conservatorship over him finally um mm-hmm. uh, but deals were already made when oh, they yeah, basically they sold rights bad. They don't want to look yeah, of course right. not, but you know, so in this case, the damage. Like you know, at this point, the damage has been done. So, yeah. you know, they, they should been gated up. <laughs> yeah, so. it's like we, we, you're, he's thirty-seven years old now. We've uh-huh. had conservatorship over you for twenty years. That's and, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And why do, doing we... the peak time of your life? <sighs> right. Child, I, and yeah. and and I agree with you. They they should have split that money three ways and whatever money the hus- the husband and wife got they should have split with their kids that's how yes. it is because the kids the kids didn't do nothing i mean even if they had parts of the movie they were small and and probably like if i go through and pick it out it probably wasn't even needed so like they shouldn't have got nothing they should have got whatever their parents got and they should have ate off of that and that should have been that this mm-hmm. that's that's the fair thing that should have happened should have been split mm-hmm. three ways mm-hmm. but to split it five to include your two biological children to get this money that has nothing to do with them as you ride the wave of this um you know of this guy that you know you basically want to save and whatever the case may be whether it's out the kindness of your heart or if you thought hey we can hit a lick with this guy which i kind of see as a little bit of both mm-hmm. um you know that wasn't right so okay yeah you release conservatorship all right great but what extra what other money can you make now you've already made the money that you would make off of this. They already sold the rights of him and his image to the production companies. Um, so yeah. Congratulations, yeah, I guess. Right. You know? So that's that's just weird. Just weird. But you know, um, good luck on your book. I hope mm-hmm. it does everything and, and maybe it kind of recoups some of that money you may have lost. Um Maybe you can find an, another deal because I, I th- that's how I see it's being played. All right, let, let's put out another movie of some sort to where I get to tell the story. It maybe can be on Tubi. Talk to us, Michael. <laughs> or we can get this done. We can get right. this done. I got you. I got a script. <laughs> Talk to us. I got yes. it. Yes, we got a script and stuff waiting. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> we got it waiting. All right, listen. <laughs> Let's play a little game. Let's play some dope doodle here. And I, I got Lord. some. Li- listen, listen. The first topic, dope doodle. Kiki Palmer. Now, Kiki may not be the Kiki that we have grown to love. She said she grown now. She grown, grown. Now, have y'all have y'all seen the uh, performance she did like shortly after all the. Uh, drama ensued with going to the Usher show, but she was uh, she was rapping. Basically, was like, "Listen, 
you know, I got some ass, I'm all about the bag, I don't need a nigga, that type of thing. Y'all ever seen that? No, oh, I did not see no. that. Oh no. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay, that's the full one. I don't I don't need to show the full one. Basically, it was, you know, independent, I don't need a nigga, all I need is a bag, that type of thing. That was uh like I just had a kid, my son gave me some ass, you know, she like she was getting <laughs> She was getting it in. Meaning having him, <laughs> having carried him, made her butt grow a little bit. Yeah. That's what that means. Say, what is she talking about? Gangster. Yeah. 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 The hell yeah. you Pedophile? Let me see. No, when, that. when it's in your face said. and I felt the when it's a fam- <laughs> When it's an inner family thing, it's like, I forget what they hmm? call that, but that, for a minute I was like. Incest. <laughs> yeah, incest. I'm like, come on now. Mm. I'm gonna I'm see if I can find it. Hold on. Everybody want to do reaction videos. I don't want to give anybody props about these reaction videos. Uh-uh. I just want to see the actual clip. Hold on. I'm wasting a little bit of time. So th- this is basically she got up on uh, on stage. She was performing recently, like shortly after the whole uh, thing went out with her going to the Usher show, and so she was just rapping. She was like, "Something, something. My son gave me some ass. I don't need a nigga. Only things I need is a bag." basically and everyone was like oh okay kiki and then, <laughs> and then she said and then she said it again then she's uh in another performance she basically said the same thing again and everyone was like oh okay all right so all that being said kiki is still back it's up in this thing up and what t-shirt soon i'm sure oh absolutely absolutely but now arsha baby arsha raymond uh put out a music video entitled boyfriend and the head love interest girl of this video was none other than kiki palmer and of course the world lit up in a firestorm because (laughs) now those conspiracies and all that type of stuff is is circulating all over again uh so kt i ask you Mm -hmm. kiki palmer is doing the thing thing. She said her thing is thanging a little bit now. And she's trying <laughs> to get that bag and you know, she's trying to throw that thing that's thanging now up on Arsha Raymond in this new music video. Now with all the controversy with her baby daddy uh circling around how she was dressed and how she was behaving at the Usher concert to now have Kiki Palmer be in the Usher music video. Do you think this is dope or is it doo-doo? have an opinion of it like i think it was petty i think it was pettiness. her being in the video and i'm like they probably still having uh arguments about this <laughs> low-key at home i i, I think it's he's over probably still i, I bringing, think they moved on I, I think he's gone he didn't he didn't say he said that he didn't say anything that he never told anybody that they split up um, but I don't know. I don't know if they're still together or not. I don't know. But what I do know is Kiki just told the world that she don't need you, which she doesn't. But for somebody that you are supposedly in a relationship with to you know, pretty much tell the whole world that they don't need you. 
that's your cue to leave, nigga. Like, <laughs> kind of weak ass nigga are you that you still sitting following behind this woman who has told everybody that you basically that you're just there. You were just uh, donating semen. Like, that's it. All she oh, needed wow. was your your uh, little swimmers. That's it. That's all she needed. She need she got her baby, she got her bag, and that's it. She don't need you. She got an ass. She got an ass. Not what she said. That, yeah, that she baby has to too. get the ass. That's what she mm-hmm. said. Yeah. So if he is still with her, I'm like, nigga, just go on the head out, player. Just so is that dope or doo doo? Like, what, what what do you think? This whole situation with, with, with Kiki. Don't make me choose because I'm in the middle. Like I don't. So you you constipated again? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you constipated? <laughs> yes, damn it! <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm gonna need you to start picking a side, girl. <laughs> Baby K, listen. Is this dope or is it doo doo? Listen, like KT says, like Ace of Base, or she wanted was another baby and she gone. So, um, I don't even know at this point. Who knows? Because they probably. Listen, her usher and her baby daddy probably got together and was like, let's get this bag. You know, they, they probably did the vi- the video, huh? And her, her baby father probably watched it together while chilling in the house with the baby. All we know is that it's three people trying to come up because, you know, usher, he trying he trying to come up. He already he did the city girl song that kind of didn't pop. So now he's, now he's not being petty, but he, he you know, it's now he's trying to do this. And popping, see. Though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that is popping, but um, I think it's like more of just like, you know, people our age just having fun and doing what they're doing. And, and and it seems petty. And guess what? I'm here for the petty. At, at my age, I'm here for the petty. Um, I do see baby daddy sitting back chilling. He ain't saying nothing. He has he has learned his lesson about <laughs> going straight to social media about anything. And, and, and because he's not saying yes or no or confirming anything i'm gonna say he in on it with them and they all trying to get a bag so overall it's gonna be dope for them because they're gonna make their money and kiki all about her bag so hey it's it's dope because they're making that money hey that's a good way to think about it that's a good way (laughs) he could be on it too and it's like hey let's get Mm -hmm. this money baby let's get this money Hey, this is the performance because I found it because you know me. I'm going to track it down. This is the <laughs> performance. And she says, little booties matter. I, my son gave me some. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to play it. Here we go. Check this out. That's basically it. <laughs> that's that's basically that. That little booties matter. <laughs> oh, my, my goodness. Son, my son gave I me some am, ass. Look, I second that because I got a little one, too. Dang on it. <laughs> my, right. my little one hey. gave so, me a so, pudgy so, stomach. So, so does this sway your opinion now? No, it's, are you? Well, did, did that give you the laxative that you needed to not be constipated? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> so, hey, little booties matter. Right, that's dope now, girl. I see you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. 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 No. no. I'm just don't, trying to don't see. Don't let I'm him try with that shit right there. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no I'm about to hype him up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, don't even. Nah, that, that, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Mm. Nope. I got no more. I'm kind of glad that you're <laughs> horrible at that. Actually, but. <laughs> well, yes, I should be. I should be. That, that's the thing that we need to go ahead and and acknowledge and put out there. Yes, I am horrible. 
Horrible. That's the that's that I will own and wear proudly. I am horrible at female impressions. Now me accents, me accents, no. No, they're horrible too. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. God, mm-hmm. come on. Come no, on. No. Oh, God. I don't even know what that was supposed to be, her. but Mm-mm. oh god. <laughs> Is it I, that you, you get know. nervous before trying it and that's what messes you up every time? I don't know. But well see here's terrible. the thing. In I my mind, in my mind, when I do these impressions and accents, I really like hear what like I hear one thing, but it just doesn't, you know, the execution is just a little off. That's all. That's all. It, it's like the bridge between off. what I hear because in my mind I sound fully Jamaican, right? Mm. Or mm. in my mind I sound fully what I'm trying to sound like, whether it's Russian, whether it's whatever the case may be. <laughs> I fully sound like that. Oh, I was so irritated <laughs> with you in that Russian, Lord <laughs> Jesus. I was like, no, please stop. Please. I laugh every time I see those clips because I put them up everywhere. <laughs> and I see them. And the way you were looking at me like, nigga, <laughs> if you don't. But that's it. In my mind, I, I hear it. And so it's like, you know, I, as I the execution just a little off. That's all. All right, fine. Okay, okay. All right. I, I still, there's room for improvement. Okay. I will acknowledge that. All right. There's room mm-hmm. for improvement. All mm-hmm. right. Okay, check this out check this out though now i know we Improve don't really work with that's what i'm saying Improve what? it off what? air let's not do this on... don't use the podcast to try to get better <laughs> practice before you do it <laughs> practice practice, practice makes before perfect. you do it sir. <laughs> i feel like the world <laughs> needs to see the growth we'll be, be recording and stuff sir. oh my god that is not the time <laughs> for you to practice practice beforehand okay Thank you. Okay, fine. But okay, see, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I feel like the world needs to see the growth. Like they need to see like the journey of they have how seen I... how you are terrible. Now go <laughs> practice a little bit, come back and be better. <laughs> then they can see yes. oh, he has improved. Practice, right. But sir. now you, you can see no, in real time, like Next okay. Topic. Five pot. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so the disrespect. The the. the I do not believe this. I do not believe this. this oh, <laughs> no. Okay. 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 Mm. okay. Oh my god! All right. All right. Okay. Fine. 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 God, just so so rude. All right. Listen. <laughs> I'm enjoying Elon this. Musk Keisha, said, Elon you Musk. need to not leave me <laughs> with all them niggas. No more. Okay. <laughs> I am enjoying this. I got somebody else to have my back. Oh my gosh. I oh. got you, KT. Fine. Okay. Well, well, look. Okay. So there, there's going to be a third that's going to join y'all. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Didi. She's going to join today, but she still needs to get some equipment in order. So, all right. Y'all got some backup. All right. So I hope you're happy. But things real cool. We're gonna probably hey. try to get a um a little uh meet and greet type thing so you know I don't just be dropping stuff on y'all. But um but yes, either way, I, I it's okay. I love y'all, so you know, I'll be the punching bag for the cause. But <laughs> I'm still gonna do my exits on air. All right, so listen, next topic. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> Elon Musk said, listen, if you want to use Twitter or X which is hilarious. People just don't know what to call this anymore. Um, 
which I have a question. So I if it's not Twitter anymore, use. how about that? True. Now I've started to use it since this whole thing, and it's been hilarious. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, has Twitter or X has it always been this lit?" Because people just be wilding, like. But it goes like the, the spectrum of content on there is so funny. It goes from like your 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 rated G, rated E for everybody to straight up porn. Like the the spectrum is that wide. Like and it shows everything. 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 This shows everything. I'm just like, yo, was it was Twitter always like this? I was, like uh-huh. I, it's like the. But anyway, uh, Elon Musk has it continues to make change after change after change after change. Um, I said that going from Twitter to X, uh, that Elon Musk has tapped into his Black Panther Nation of Islam bag. Um, but now he says, listen, if you want to be on Twitter, know that you can't block anyone. There will be no block feature on Twitter. Um, now you can block DMs, but you cannot block other people tweeting. I don't even know if it's still called tweeting because it's not Twitter anymore. But all that being said, <laughs> KT, you said you don't even use Twitter X anymore. But just imagine a social media platform where you cannot block anyone. Is that dope or is that doo-doo? Doo-doo. It's doo-doo? <laughs> I should have the freedom to block whoever I want to block. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. have no, no argument for that. <laughs> Baby K, would, would that be dope or is that doo-doo? From, okay, I don't use Twitter either, but listen, because just like you said... Twitter don't have a filter. One day you can see something about kids going to school and the next thing you know, you're just looking at the inner pieces of people's thighs and nobody wants to see. Well, I don't. So I don't, I don't get on Twitter at all. Okay. But, um, at the end, I don't, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm here for the pettiness. I I mean, I said it it, previously, I'm here for the pettiness. So if you're going to talk your junk, you're going to continue. Don't try to block them follow through i want to see the follow through too so i'm I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm with him with that i'm like you know what you talk big smack you doing this and that you bought that life nope you can't be blocking them let them continue to roast you and that's that's it and i'm and i'm down with it instagram should do the same thing because listen i'm here for i just be laughing and looking at comments no i don't be on twitter but you know if, if this goes through i'm i might hop on just just to watch yeah yeah Yep, I just like to see the dumpster fire. I was like, just let me mm-hmm. see. Now, the funny thing is, Elon Musk tweeted, I think it was yesterday, the date of this recording is August 21st. So he tweeted, like, blocking people who are complaining about the blocking feature being deleted is hilarious. Like, this is what <laughs> Elon Musk tweeted. And it's like, that defeats the whole point. So it's like you're blocking people complaining about you taking away the block feature and you're laughing about blocking people. Wait, what? So it's like, okay, this is Elon Musk. We're talking about he's Elon Musk and people like him. um, It always takes me back to a phrase that I heard when I was trying to get in my entrepreneurial bag. Um, You know, you get into all these different things, selling knives and door to door sales and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they always get 
like that one outlier that just was that got ridiculously rich off the thing but there was one particular person that made the phrase who was like you can either be one or two people in this world you can either be intelligent or rich is not too much of of both so you can either say i am intelligent or i is rich and listening to <laughs> elon musk all i see is i is rich i is rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like all and right cool. definitely not a whole lot of intelligence there you know it, it's the wheel is like, turning okay. but the hamster is dead not the hamster oh is dead <laughs> oh now, speaking the of that is just plopping around on the wheel it's it just just trying. plopping and bouncing around <laughs> just <laughs> no hamster carcass just bouncing around. <laughs> oh no oh my god oh no it can't be it can't be no no <laughs> Someone else who we who we may have to put that that tag on uh, as we you know okay that is dope doo So the main topic of this is um, Mr. Larry Elder. So Larry Elder mm. is a renowned black conservative, uh, very polarized um, individual. Uh, he has been touted as the black face of white supremacy. Um, He's been mm-hmm. touted as, you know, any other coon, Uncle Tom, Sambo, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and he leans into that very heavily um, because just the opinions and stuff that he has often aligns with uh, racist white conservatives. And through him, a whole lineage of people have come up under his wake, you know, so like... Uh, people who have quote unquote study under him and aligned with him, your Candace Owens, and it, it's it's a popular thing now of black people being conservative. I put that in quotation marks because grifting is a thing, and I think a lot of these people are grifting. Um, he is running for president. He put in his bid to run for president of twenty twenty four, just like uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, and it's just really no no difference there. He sat down with the Breakfast Club and uh, had a very interesting video, uh, inter- interview rather, to say the least. And I just, I'm going to play some clips. Just uh, some piecing together of what he has said during this interview. Um and then we just kind of just go along with it. Uh, KT, you said you've seen it. Keisha said you have it, but honestly, you, you, you're not missing much of anything. But we're going to play this one. We're going to play the first clip. Basically saying that he's running for president. These are the issues that he's standing on. This is what he believes. Um, and this is what his platform is going to be on. So this is the, the first clip of Larry Elder's interview with The Breakfast Club. And the answer is, I bring a lot of issues to the table that I feel our side is not talking enough about, if at all. For example, the number one social problem in America, by far, is the epidemic, not of COVID, but of fatherlessness. 70% of black kids today enter the world without a father in the home, married to the mother, up from 25% back in 1965. Now 25% of white kids enter the world today without a father in the home, married to the mother. And the stats are clear. Even Barack Obama once cited them. If you're raised without a dad, you're five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. 
what's happened. In the mid-60s, with, I think, the best of intentions, a Democrat named Lyndon Johnson launched what he called the War on Poverty. And since then, we have incentivized women to marry the government and incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. You know, when I tell, say this to people, the pushback I get is, well, uh, there are lots of things that are going on, systemic racism, poverty. Uh, here's the problem. If you look at a young black male, age 10 to 43, that's young to me because I'm 71 years old. A young black man in that demo is 13 times more likely to be murdered than a young white man, same demo. Young black man, real young, 19 and under, the number one cause of preventable death is homicide, almost always at the hands of another young black male. Uh, Same demo for whites, the number one cause of preventable death is unintentional deaths. That includes drug overdoses, Mm -hmm. automobile accidents, drownings. Uh, It's not until they get to number four that uh, death is the cause. In America, 60% of the shootings, the robberies, and the homicides are committed by black people, often against other black people. Of the homicides in this country, half of them are black victims, almost all killed by other blacks. Uh, How do you explain that uh, if it isn't for the absence of fathers? Are you prepared to say black people are just genetically inclined to commit more crime? I doubt it. And the go-to reaction often is is poverty uh, and systemic racism. Here's the problem. 1940 when there was blatant racism. This is before Brown versus Board of Education, before the Civil Rights Act of 64. KKK was still alive and well. 87% of blacks lived under the poverty line. Now it's about 14%. You can't blame it on poverty. You can't blame it on racism. It is the breakdown of the nuclear intact family, and neither side is talking about it. The left doesn't talk about it because they caused it with the welfare state, and our side does not talk about it because if you're white, you'll be accused of dissing single moms who are heroically raising these kids, or you'll be accused of being a racist, or if you're black, you'll be accused, as I was by the L.A. Times, of being the black face of white supremacy. Nobody's talking about that. I am. All right. That was basically his opening statement. It was like within the first two or three minutes when they asked basically why you running for president and what are your stances on the issues, and he said the number one social problem in America, and specifically in the black community, is fatherlessness. And then as you heard a a lot of the uh, statistics that he gave, um, KT, because I know you watched the interview, just from the beginning, when you hear that beginning part there, just what are your thoughts? And do you feel that this is absolute truth? Do you feel um, any parts of this agree or disagree? Just I agree that it is important for fathers to be in their children's lives, but they don't necessarily have to be in the home. They okay. don't necessarily have to be in the home. Yeah, that's preferred, you know, for the family unit to be together. But that doesn't mean that a father can't be a good father and a good presence in his child's life because he is not in the home, for one. Also. Um, when I heard it, I was just like, oh God, why do you hate yourself so much? Because I refuse to believe that anybody who really loves themselves and loves their culture as a black person is going to sit here and just down the black community like that and never give any positives. He doesn't give any positives whatsoever in this interview. Nothing. He basically calls our race lazy we don't want to work and that ain't the truth 
Because who was doing all the work for the white folk when we was enslaved? Huh? Who? That was us, wasn't it? It's sure on them. They built the whole country off our backs. That's but anyway, he just he just made me just cringe the whole time he was talking because he'll throw out these statistics and everything, you know, and on a surface level, what he's saying is somewhat truthful. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like the black community don't have these issues. It does. That is the truth. But to say that the number one, our number one problem is fathers not being in the home. No, that's not the number one problem. Sorry, sir. That is not it. That's absolutely not it. So Keisha, your, your reaction is I know you, you didn't have a chance to sit down, but you know, as as you listen, there was about two minutes, but that's what he says. This is the number one problem in, in the black community and, a father not being in a home and you're, you're most likely to have these issues, which, you know, for on, on the surface seems to be true. Um, but in the context of so just your, your, your thoughts on it, what do you think? Well, I want to first say that man look good for being 70 some years old. Okay. Yeah, he's 71 um, years old. Black don't crack up. No matter how much you hate yourself. No matter how much you hate yourself, he look good. But I already can see that people mad at him because somebody done wrote a whole argument. I mean, um, a whole, like, you know, damn. I lost Dissertation. My okay. <laughs> yes. And, and right. Of his, of his, uh, his, uh, information that he provided the 72%, they said that, you know, no, he's wrong about that. It's 72% of black children are born to parents that aren't married. And the thing is, sir, if you're going to put some information out there, Make sure you actually took the time to learn it because not learning it makes you just as lazy as those black folks you was talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sitting up there in front of two black people who personally, I would have just had to walk away off of that listening to him. Mm-hmm. I would have had to take a break and tell everybody in the studio, I don't know why we did this, but it's the breakfast club. So I don't even expect nothing from them. However, <laughs> you know, you, okay. I'm just, I'm just speaking on it. Okay. Because I don't know what they are trying to do. Rebrand the breakfast club, trying to rebrand or whatever they are trying to do, but it's still falling into the same pettiness that they always been. And I don't see any difference from the breakfast club, but um, he, they also said in this article that in fact, most black fathers live with their children. And according to the CDC, 2.5 million black fathers, in fact, uh, while uh, they do live with their children. And the black fathers that are in the in the family with their children that live with them are most involved with their children. So it, it, it would have took him maybe 10 minutes, his publicist, whoever writes his stuff, whoever feeds him these facts. It would have took them maybe 10 minutes to actually look for some actual information instead of sending this man up there who's supposed to be trying to run for to be our president to, to say some. Uh, I'm not even going to say it's false just to provide, you know, uh, how you say it, propaganda sir that's what you did up there and no you don't got my vote because it, you're gonna call everybody lazy and all these things and then you the most lazy person go up there and, and and let these people feed you information that you didn't even fact check sir so mm-hmm. yeah uh you, you, calling us lazy boy if you don't get uh, it, it was together. it was but crazy anyway. it was crazy because they just did a study that showed that Black dads are actually more involved in their children's lives than other racial groups. 
Like right. they just came exactly. out with that study. They just mm-hmm. came out with that study that now I will agree. Yes. A, a nuclear family is preferred. I, I agree. Yes, absolutely. Strong black household because economically you are, is, is disinvent, uh, is disadvantageous to the child, you know, as far as economics and this, that, and the third, there's some variations where, yes, it's true, but to act like that, the father that is quote unquote, not in the home, that doesn't mean that he's absent. It doesn't mean that he's mm-hmm. not involved when they just came out with this study. Um, again, that shows that black dads are actually more active in their child's lives than other racial groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes those who are in the home. But as Tisha mentioned, she's absolutely right. Um, that means who are not married, not married. Now I'm going to play the next clip because it continues on. Now I've, I've only did three, but uh, three is all you need. So three clips is all you need, but and, and these are the main things. And there's a fourth, a fourth instance that I'll actually give Larry Elder some bail on because overall, I feel like the breakfast club should not be doing these interviews. If I'm being honest, I feel like they are horrible when it comes to facilitating these people with, with Vivek Ramaswamy was there. They did a horrible job vetting yeah, him. Did debating him on facts. They come to you with these statistics, with these numbers and figures, and, and you have nothing have to have as true a rebuttal. Example. And you have nothing because you yourself hasn't done any research. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. All you know is surface talking points for you. Well, systemic everything mm-hmm. unfortunately isn't systemic racism. Everything unfortunately isn't white supremacy. But at the same time, there is a lot of context that these people that argue these things were black fatherlessness and, and what about this? What about that? What about this can easily be explained and that Mm -hmm. they portray in a way to make it seem like they're right. And it's like Charlemagne, as much as you talk about black issues, I just would expect you to have a bit more information and be a bit more studied on these topics that you like to talk about. And while saying white supremacy, that just cannot be the answer for everything. You Mm-mm. have to understand the facts and figures that they present, and you have to have the real facts and figures to that. Tessa Figaro, she is a uh, the woman that was in the interview um, that was you know very combative. That's just kind of her thing. But at the same time, you are a political commentator. You literally be on Fox News, CNN, you on all these political shows, and you yourself did not have anything to offer outside of just arguing with the dude. And I'm just like, yo, if and if these are the voices for the black community, then I feel underrepresented. DJ Envy, Charlemagne, Tesla Figueroa, like they didn't offer any real concrete pushback to add context to what he was saying to correct him and to be like hey these facts and figures and examples you're using this is the truth and what those facts and figures mean and he continued to go back on well barack obama barack obama and the democrats the democrats the democrats i was Mm -hmm. like but y'all had nothing for him so now as you 
search this interview, all you see are Republican spaces, Republican commentators just celebrate and rejoice. Oh, look how Larry Elder destroyed the Black the Breakfast Club. Larry Elder put them in their place. Larry Elder this, Larry Elder that. And I'm like, y'all created this. Y'all did this because y'all were not prepared. And you're underprepared to talk about these prepared. issues. Larry mm -hmm. Elder talking to Charlemagne, DJ Envy, and even Teslin Figaro is the equivalent of Cardi B talking to Joe Biden. That, that's, that's just how I see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the second clip I'm going to play. And let's go ahead and just react to this one as well. This is Larry Elder part two. Let me, can I address, address that? In 1940, 87% right. of blacks lived under the poverty line. 1960, mm -hmm. that number had fallen to 47%. That's a 40-point drop in 20 years. That's the greatest 20-year period of economic expansion for black people in the history of America. Again, well before Brown versus Board of Education, well before the KKK uh, uh, imploded, uh, well before we had race-based preferences. Why? Because it was rare for a black kid to be raised in a, in a family without a father in the home, uh, a strong belief in Judeo-Christian values, a belief in patriotism, even as America wasn't applying these values to black people, obviously, uh, and a belief in entrepreneurship. All those things are now under assault by organizations like Black Lives Matter. Charlemagne, Black Lives Matter had on their website an attack on the nuclear family. Uh, the founders are self-described Marxists, trained Marxists. Marx wanted to dethrone God, was an atheist, and Marx did not believe in capitalism, uh, let alone entrepreneurship. All the things that made black people still survive in virulent racism are now under attack by organizations like Black Lives Matter. All of those things have always been under attack by white supremacy. You can go back to things like whether it's the Tulsa race massacres, like every time black people do create these systems that are our systems and we are the entrepreneurs, it seems like white supremacy every, finds a way to destroy every, every, it. Every time, look, the Tulsa massacre, within about five years, that whole area was rebuilt. Uh, it was not even called the uh, the Black Wall Street until after it was rebuilt. It was rebuilt, by the way, by black people without one dime of government money. Okay, so here's here's where, again, Larry Erda always loses me. Now, mm -hmm. I've made these statements myself where I agree. Basically, he's saying, well... We're just not working hard enough because look at our ancestors in the past. You know, we've created all these things. We've done all these things in the midst where racism was overt and it was an all time high. We still managed to do these things. And it's like, you're right. I absolutely agree. And I, too, feel like, well, we need to stop blaming and looking to white people so much and giving them so much power over us because the the ingenuity, the style, the money that we generate, just the, the culture that we create. Yes, we absolutely, especially now in this day and age, we absolutely can do that. We have the power, the smarts and all these things. But the part where he, he loses me is Larry Elder and his types believes in individualism, basically, that you are the you are in charge of your destiny I agree unfortunately we live within a systemic entity which is a government so there's going to be things that will and can happen to us that are outside of our control the know. thing that pisses me off when it comes to Larry Elder is the fact that he puts so much emphasis on you will have to that you will have to do for you. You're responsible for you. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do, you got to do it. And I agree. I agree at 100%.
you got to do it. But to sit here and act like that there has not been external forces and external things that happens, an external belief, a propaganda that paints you this particular way also is disingenuous. Now, they act like, well, if you do that, now you're being a victim in this victimhood and da-da-da-da-da. I do not agree because one would be a fool to sit here and act like that the Tulsa race massacre and stuff like this, the towns that we built that weren't destroyed. Like, also you expect us to, all right, well continue to just shake it off and do it again. It's like, no, like there, there has to be an, a, a focus and an acknowledgement of the other side of the coin. So I really can't be a liberal or, or a conservative because there's so much focus on only one side of the coin. And he's saying that, yeah, racism is a thing. Yeah. Racism was a line, but during racism, we, the poverty line dropped 40 points. Like, yeah, because there was segregation and Jim Crow. Now that's not an excuse. Uh, And we did make the, the, the mistake of, you know, wanting to, integrate. I think integration was a big mistake with us because we thought, you know, white men's mm-hmm. ice is better, you know, that type of, I think that was a huge mistake, uh, a mistake that even Martin Luther King acknowledged. Like, you know, I integrated my people into a burning house um, because, you know, so on and so forth, but I will play one more clip. And I, I promise KT you to be over after this. <laughs> It'll be over. It'll be over. But I, I just feel like it's it's so disingenuous. I feel like at just at best, Larry Elder is disingenuous. Um, but I I also liken it to being intellectually dishonest, to where you know these things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not just the fact of just do better because we are in a point where we have done better. He he lists all these different things that has happened. Where he's like, well, Martin Luther King said during that time that we could have a black president within the next 40 years. And we've done that. Um, We've had, you know, black people in government positions. We have black people, you know, the president of Harvard, the president of, you know, the lawyers association, you know, who's over the bar. We have black people who's over, you know, the, you know, doctors associations, all these black people in prominent positions. But individual success is amazing. But yet you cannot act like the individual successes of these outliers is indicative of there is no systemic issue. <laughs> like it just one, two things can, can be true at the same time. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's disingenuous at best to act like there isn't a systemic issue. Um, so here's this last bit here. And then we'll go ahead and address it. And then we're going to get up out of here. Y'all check this out. Do you think slavery was self-inflicted? Or do you think Jim Crow segregation was self-inflicted? Or do you think, you know, slavery was self-inflicted? Of course it wasn't self-inflicted. But but, uh, but, but, but there are a lot of there, a lot of people have bloody hands in slavery. Mm-hmm. For example, slavery could not have existed had it not been for African chieftains who were selling black slaves, captured 
uh, in battle or captured through raids and selling them to European and Arab slavers. It could not have could not have existed without that. So everybody has dirty hands here. That's why reparations is such a foolish thing. If you're going to get reparations from the five percent or so of white people that have some sort of generational connection to slavery, and that's all there is, then you need to go back to Africa uh, and get money from African countries uh, that were involved in the slave trade and the and in the Arab slave trade. And by the way, the Arab slave trade was even worse than the European slave trade. Ninety percent rate of attrition often making men and women walk on barefoot across the Sahara, and the men were castrated, uh, only about okay, five... Okay, so, 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 so if they go after the money from the other countries, then would you agree that it would be okay to go after the money from America? Is that when, your when problem it, when, it, when, when are you going to stop with this? Everybody has no, a grievance. I just asked a I'm, just, I'm, 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 answering, I'm answering your question. There, no, there, there's no end, there, there'll, be, there'll be no end to this, because slavery has okay, been part of human history uh, from a, the very beginning. Okay, now, I've let you talk. Sir, I've let you talk. And every time I talk, you begin to talk and then you say, let you finish. So I asked you a very simple question. You said, if you're going to go after it in America, go after it in Africa. So if we all agree to go after it in Africa. Will you then agree to go after it in America? It's just a simple question. No, yes no, no? no, I won't because it's a waste of time. We ought to be spending our okay, time no on, on education. Okay, you, okay, okay. You told me that, that I cut you off. Then I try to answer your question. You won't let me finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Larry. Thank you. It's a waste of time. We ought to be talking about working hard, investing in ourselves. Right now, as we speak, there are Haitians uh, in Haiti lining up for a lottery to come into this country. Why? Because it is the land of the free and the home of the brave. You can go from nothing to something faster in America than any other country in all of human history. We ought to be talking about that. All right, KT. He said he said mm-hmm. that uh, reparations and the talk of reparations is a waste of time because, it, you know, when will it end? When will it end? There's so many atrocities, d- d- different people. Everybody's hands is dirty. So if you want to be, you know, if you want to follow the and follow down the rabbit hole, you know, go back to Africa and get, you know, reparations from them, you know, just it's a waste of time. We should be focusing on investing in ourselves and working hard. What's your response to that? What do you think about that? First of all, when he says slavery could not exist without African chieftains selling. That's not true. That is absolutely false. Don't you know when white people want something, they figure out a way to get it. So whether those chieftains were, you know, going with the program or not, it still would have happened. It just would have been in a more violent way, probably. (laughs) But it still would have happened. Here's the thing that, that, yeah, like I was, and I did that my even best wasn't to hang as on. prominent. That wasn't hmm. there wasn't enough of that going on mm-hmm. for it to sustain the whole slave trade. I'm sorry. That's not that's not true. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. So baby cat. Get on my nerves, child. I can't. <laughs> baby cat. <laughs> right <laughs> just, it's just right like, that's where it's at mm. so here's here's some context here and th- this is where honestly I, I didn't finish the entire thing um there was a, a another clip that's going viral to where you know Charlemagne and is it stupid low brow questions and perspectives it, it just pissed me mm-hmm. off like if Larry Elder wasn't the one that really pissed me off it was the breakfast club that was pissing me off. Cause it's like, do y'all know anything? Y'all don't know anything. So 
Charlemagne just comes out and asks, you know, hey, do you know what a nigga wake up call is? You need to try to explain to Larry Elder what a nigga wake up call is. And Larry Elder, like you, you just have to understand these people, especially him, has been doing this for a long time. And there were three or four examples that I have heard him give to at least four or five other platforms. And he gave all those examples here. The the example where he was like, hey, Time Magazine asked in the 90s, uh, you know, a group of white kids and a group of black kids, you know, uh, are mm-hmm. you afraid of slavery? And he went to the black kids in, in the inner city and asked if they was afraid of racism. They was like, no. So that should tell you that, you know, racism isn't a problem, you know? And it's like, no, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Mm-mm. It really isn't. Um, but he asked if... Uh, Larry Elder knew what a nigga wake up call was, and Larry Elder, as you know, <laughs> prepared as he was for this interview. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, uh, but he was like, "Well, you know, if anybody should have got a nigga wake up call, it would have been you that would have." And he's talking to Charlemagne that would have got a nigga wake up call when you sat there with Joe Biden and Joe Biden told you, "If you don't vote for him, you ain't black." And he just he roasted Charlemagne. I can't even shoot bail for Charlemagne because it was like. One of all, it was such a stupid question. And if you were to ask that question, you didn't have anything else to back that up. Like you, you didn't have the context to address what he was speaking of. So let's go ahead and address and do the do what the Breakfast Club could not do. The context here: slavery wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the African chieftains uh, that sold their own uh, into slavery. Let's go ahead and stop you there, because just the fact that I hear that permeating throughout right-wing conservative spaces also just tells i'm just gonna say it's racist because one africa is a continent not a country so Mm -hmm. saying africans sold their own they did not sell their own here's an example you know this is this is why i love jesus so much because he spoke in parables and i understand that he spoke in parables because the people he was speaking to were dumb as fuck so here's a parable an example say Canada invaded Mexico and Canada Canadians captured Mexicans and sold them off to be slaves. Should history say that Americans sold their own into slavery? Nobody would say that, would they? But technically this is North America. So Americans sold their own into slavery, right? Is that what they... No, of course not. It doesn't make sense. So to sit here and act like Africa was always just Africa, like there wasn't an Egypt, an Ethiopia, a Uganda, and all these, there's 50-something countries on the continent of Africa, and to act like Africans sold their own, no, they sold their enemies. When they were having their wars, whatever tribe, it it was different tribes there sold their enemies also to note that there were various forms of slavery that was not chattel slavery that developed in europe and americas first of all so to act like africans sold their own that is half true and it's intellectually dishonest to act like well they sold their own no they didn't they didn't sell their own. Furthermore, when they sold their own, they sold their own to a group of people who entered the continent and proposed a trade for those people. They introduced 
the slave trade when they were taking in the continent of Africa, when those tribes were taking slaves, one or two things were happening there. They were what we now can associate to being indentured servants. They will work for a period of time. They were either released or assimilated into that tribe. That's one thing that would happen Two, they would either work for a, you committed a crime. You had debt. That type of slavery was implemented and was, was prevalent throughout Africa. Yes, you had even more brutal forms, of, uh, brutal forms of slavery, but it still does not compare to chattel slavery that was introduced and created by the Europeans and Americans. That is fact. That is fact. So to sit here and act like when they say, well, slavery was everywhere. Oh, slavery has been going on all throughout the world. They always try to make this one-to-one comparison. To slavery, that the slavery that has gone that happened in America was the same slavery that was happening. And listen to what he said when he said, mm-hmm. "Well, the the Arab slave trade was much worse. They had to walk across the sand barefooted. They were castrated. Y'all was doing the same oh. thing to black folk in America. We were chained y'all to the ha- bottom of ships. Y'all had breeding plantations." Y'all were feeding children to alligators for bait. Buck breaking. Like, this is why Larry Elder always loses me and pisses me off. Because the intellectual dishonesty. Because there was no form of slavery in the existence of the world that was like the chattel slavery introduced by Europeans. Because at that point, at that point, there was no movement that said that our race is superior to this race thus you are inferior to me it happened nowhere the concept of race was created by Europeans and when they started to go on their mm-hmm. expedition to uh, of conquest of world global conquest that was the ideology that they rode with we are superior so everything that is here is ours anyway because we are superior to you. That was never introduced or practiced mm-hmm. the way that Europeans practiced it. That's just fact. So to act like reparations is stupid, again, Larry Elder, and it, but it's not even so much Larry Elder. Again, it's the Breakfast Club. Y'all haven't sat there and read at least enough to know that you can't have this position because it's hypocritical to the country you're defending because they paid reparations six times already throughout history. One of those times were them paying reparations to the slave owners. You can't have this position mm-hmm. because at best it's hypocritical. They paid reparations to Japanese Americans when they locked them up in internment camps during World War II. They paid reparations to Native Americans twice for the <laughs> genocide of their people. They paid somewhat. Really, but... No, it still wasn't enough. wasn't enough at all. But at least they tried. They mm-hmm. made the attempt. Mm-hmm. They paid a form they of reparations to... <laughs> of course not. They paid some sort of reparation to the Tuskegee experiment when it was exposed, they were experimenting on black people and uh, mm-hmm. intentionally giving them syphilis. Other instances, they actually facilitated, set up and managed the reparation payments 
for Jews. Even though America had nothing to do with that, but they separate for France to pay reparations. That was managed and supported by America. While they look at black people and say, you don't deserve reparations. And they say, it's, it's a waste of time. Now, again, I halfway agree with you because yes, we should be investing in ourselves. We should be working hard and we are investing in ourselves and working hard. I'm going to do some extra little research because I, I ran out of time. I just want to see just the, the rise of black businesses and, and black enterprises that has happened in the last 10 years. I'm sure it's at an all time high, but I, I need the facts and figures because I need to, I need to, as Larry Elder likes to give his facts and figures, we have to do it as well. You know, so I'm just going to do that little independent research. And I'm going to come back and celebrate, but it's so disingenuous. It's so intellectually dishonest because to act like it's a waste of time, one that is false, that is false because that also insinuates that our counterparts got what they got because they worked hard for it. And we know that's not true. Like Mm-mm. you're saying, well, Reparations is a wait for black people is a waste of time because all we need to do is work hard. And that's not true. Martin Luther King literally said and and explained all throughout history the times that America literally undergirded white people with an economic base that they did not do for black people. Now, as much as these as this side wants to keep the government accountable, they don't when it comes to the issue of reparations. And it's like it's so someone tweeted, everyone, everyone understands the concept of pay your debts until it comes to mm-hmm. Larry Elder interview was a win for Larry Elder because the Breakfast Club are just they should not ever do this again. Because if you're gonna be that that underprepared, that ignorant, that like stupid, I just hate to say it, that that's stu- so so stupid, then don't bring any of these politicians on again, because you have no way of even understanding what their positions are, nor do you know how to combat them. So it was just a waste of time and just sitting around saying white supremacy, white supremacy. That's just not the answer to everything. It cannot be. And it be accepted as such. So that's it. All right. You ladies have anything else you want to add? I'm I'm done with it. Yeah, I was done with it by clip too. So... (laughs) But you know how I already said my stance on the Breakfast Club. It was not. It was not the platform for that. And I'm glad he roasted Charlemagne because it's not the first time Charlemagne got roasted. Dame Dash roasted him mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when Dame Dash called him Polly, Polly something, I said I'm never watching the Breakfast Club again. And from <laughs> that day forward, I never watched it again because Dame <laughs> came in there and roasted him. And and. Yep. And Charlemagne roasted himself. Like, why would you ask that question and have no follow through? I think he was coming in with jokes and like, he's not here to joke. He's 71 years old. He's not here to joke. You you seen when his opening statement with some facts that was, you know, you, yes. you seen the mediocreness, but you, you tried to like come in with some dry joke and he wasn't for it and he shut you down. And I'm, and I'm happy that people come in there and shut you down. Charlemagne on your own show. Absolutely. Polly the pirate. I think you I don't know what he called him. Listen, I don't know what Charlemagne messed that show up for me a long time ago. I stopped watching it. 
Um, Angela Yee pulled a power move, and I'm happy for her. Um, uh-huh. But the Breakfast Club, hopefully, they'll get this slap on the hand and decide we gonna we gonna get back to what we usually do and stop trying to change the platform. <laughs> yeah, just keep right. bringing rappers and and stuff like that in there. But it it that's just what disappointed me so much is the fact that now that they want to be so vocal about social issues, black issues, the black community and stuff. And they're trying to position themselves they as if they are the voice and you don't know how to do it. And it's like, it, no, we, we need more than jokes. We need more than trolling side comments and you trying to, you know, passive aggressively attack people, especially with someone like you said, Keisha, like Larry Elder, he's 71 years old and he is a walking man of statistics, not truth, statistics he's a walking man of statistics and plus again he's 71 years old so a lot of things he may have an anecdotal experience of oh i remember this i remember this i remember that and i'm not saying that larry elder is completely wrong because again for me at most he's half right we absolutely can do what he's saying we're doing that, that we need to do but given the instance that we are this lazy non you know not working hard, blah, 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 type of, of people who, you know, are we our families have been destroyed, which, you know, again, I understand, but in the context in which you're trying to present it, mm-hmm. no, absolutely not. Absolutely whole, not. I think Lyndon Johnson didn't destroy our families. Okay. You know who's what started destroying our families? Slavery. They started ripping <laughs> us apart. That's what they did. That's what our foundation is. Being ripped away from our families. Are you kidding me? You don't think that had residual effects throughout the years? No, to him, no. To, to him, that that concept is non sequitur because regardless of what happens, everything still falls on you. That's, that's, that's his basic thing. Like, yeah, racism was happening, but look what black people was doing then. Yeah, racism was because, ha- and that's his whole argument. Because in the height of slavery, um, and in the height of racism, Jim Crow, all this type of stuff, black people still found a way to thrive. We were a family. We were doing this, and we were doing that. This, that, and the third, which is absolutely true. Which is, you know, my overall stance is, yeah, racist. Like two things can be true at the same time. Racism absolutely, positively exists. Systemic racism absolutely, positively exists, and the residual effects absolutely, positively exist. And in the midst of that, we still are responsible for ourselves. Like two things can be true, but to act like one cancels out the other is that's that's the fight of Democrats and Republicans. Democrats is like everything that happens to you is white supremacy, which is half true. Then it's like, and then with them, like everything that happens to you is because of you, which is half true. And it's like, you know, just like, what, what, what am, am I in the, in the twilight zone here? Yes, I understand. I'm absolutely responsible for my actions and, and the life I lead and stuff like this. But yes, racism can be right across the street from me and it can affect me. It can harm me. It can put me in a disadvantaged situation. But it just that just trips me out. It really trips me out. But all right, man. Look, I said if we had thirty minutes, and I took y'all an hour and thirty minutes. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we gonna we quit. You we know Get about, well. It won't be well, no damn thirty. Minutes. Li- listen, I had my listen, fingers crossed. <laughs> listen, listen. 
I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm really am am am, am trying. I really am. I really am. My my goal, my 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 true goal, honestly, and it's going to start next week. You watch. You watch. This is a promise. My true goal is an hour. I want this to be an hour from start to finish. It's an hour, and I know, I know, because I, I was doing a little experiment while it was going on. I'm like, okay, this is where I know. All right, I, I can cut this sh- little short. I cut this little short. You know, mi- you know. So I I figured it out. So next week we're hitting an hour. Then if not, it's KT's fault. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so we appreciate y'all listening, checking us out, man. This is episode 125 of the Talk My Credo podcast. Do what y'all know to do, man. Like, share, comment, subscribe, share. Um, I don't know. I fussed at y'all a little bit last week on last week's pod. And then it's crazy. The, those streaming download numbers went right through the roof. It was crazy. So if I still need to fuss at y'all, I'll still have to fuss at y'all. But uh, I love y'all. It's Baby K with the AK. It's KT. It's your boy Dante. It's another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. Till next time, stay fly, stay blessed. Peace out, y'all. For real talk and dope conversations. Tap in to the Talk My Credo podcast. Find us on all streaming platforms. All happening on social media. And subscribe to us on YouTube at Talk My Credo.